Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles. It's our Friday edition. That means we've got the mailbag and we've got a huge one. So we will double down on the mailbag segment. Two Friday mailbag segments coming up for you. So we'll talk a little bit about the Iowa State game here quickly. And then we'll dive into the oversized mailbag. I am your host of the Cowboy Chronicles, Scott Wright. Cowboy Chronicles, of course, is presented by Zaxby's taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor stop by your neighborhood zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com bring in my co-host jacob unruh my beat partner as well here at the oklahoman jacob we're uh in the oklahoman's mobile podcast studio on our way to ames iowa where the weather is going to be better than it will be in oklahoma city this weekend thankfully i don't i don't know how much it'll be much worse i'm a little over this rain already yeah, it's. Uh, I've had enough. I had enough it, of it. We're driving in it. Yeah, we had to sit through it the last couple days. Yeah, um, let's go get some clear football weather. There you go, all for it. Um, the big question, of course, this week as we look ahead to uh, to what could happen between Oklahoma State and Iowa State, Spencer Sanders, and uh, keeping the football in his hands when necessary, keeping it. Uh, in his teammates' hands, I guess, as, as well. Um, but uh, but I think that's uh, that's the biggest question. Uh, you know, I think I think the defense is going to still have their issues with uh, with this Iowa State offense. I think this game is all going to come down to Spencer Sanders and turnovers. I I agree. Um, the defense. I I don't think the defense has been as bad as people think. I've said that all season, and I still go with that. Um, you're right; they're going to be challenged. Brock Purdy is. Is probably the best quarterback in the Big 12 right now, the way he's playing. Uh, with Jalen Hurts right there with him, obviously. I, mean, I Outside, maybe Jalen Hurts, obviously, is a Heisman contender. Maybe I'm going a little too far there <laughs> now that I think about what I said out loud. My right. bad. Um, but he's he's right up there, the way he's playing right now. The last three games, he's been phenomenal. Right. Um, they've got a really good running back. Um, but you're right, Spencer Sanders, eight turnovers last two games, 12 and four games. Um, that's been the biggest issue for Oklahoma State. If he doesn't have those turnovers, they're looking at a totally different season right now, looking at totally different records. Um, you know, because even the turnovers last week were bad. That was the problem right there was the one – the turnover was really bad. Yeah. Had OSU – and Gundy brought this up. Had OSU got – you know, stopped them on that fumble return instead of letting them – you know, instead of just walking in the end zone, they could have maybe held the field goal and it's still a different ball game. It wasn't. It was a touchdown. Things completely changed. Um, Spencer's got to be better about it. They've worked with them. They're doing all the drills to, to hold on to the football better in the pocket. Um, he's got to make better decisions throwing the ball. Um, and Oklahoma State has a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you could you could really go back and say take away one turnover per game in the last two games and make a case that Oklahoma State wins those games. If you take either one, I'll, I'll give you either one in the uh, in the Baylor game. Either the pick six in the, or the, uh, the, I'm sorry, the interception in the end zone, or the uh, scoop and score fumble. Either one of those goes the other way. Assuming they score the touchdown on the, on yeah. the, on the pass. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it changes the game either, with either one of those. Well, even and then they, the red zone, the red zone fumble at Texas Tech was the killer. Even if they didn't score on that Baylor play on the end zone they still had time on the clock yeah exactly. they, they had another shot yeah uh, or they could have kicked a field goal right and exactly. at least put some more pressure on Baylor they lost that chance um 
that's the biggest thing to me. The last fumble that he had, the game was out of hand at that point. Yeah. And the last, he was trying to do too much. That one I just chalk up as, as uh, that happens. He's trying to, he's yeah. trying to, he's getting desperate at that point and just, you know, it, it doesn't, that, that did not impact the game in, at, at all. No, no, not at all. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it just brought it to an end a little bit quicker is all it did. Um, but that's uh, that's the big question. Then you look at uh, at the defensive side of the ball. They've obviously they've got to do things to prevent the free running big plays. But this Iowa State team is still going to find ways to move the ball. So um, you know you look at, at Brees Hall, this uh, true freshman running back who uh, has emerged over the last two games. It kind of reminds me of Justice Hill's freshman year when they were not using him a ton the first few games and then sort of realized, okay, this is our best option. We need to be giving him the ball a lot. And so he's had 26 and 19 carries the last uh, the last two weeks. Uh, went for 183 yards against Texas Tech. Also had three receptions for 73 yards. So this is a guy who can do a lot of damage. Yeah, he, he's drawing these Chuba Hubbard comparisons mm-hmm. um, as a player. Uh, I don't know if we want to go that far yet. Right, Chuba, yeah. Chuba's special. Um but this is the sides and helmet. It takes pressure off Purdy. Um, it, it it just brings. It, this might be. When you start studying about running backs that OSU's faced. Is he the best right now? The way he's playing. He yeah, might be. There, there's not a running back I could think of that has entered the game and are playing better than than what Brees Hall has right now. No. Um, you know I know Texas running back depth was was tested obviously. Um, Baylor had some good runs last week, but they didn't have a feature back. Right. And so it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how Oklahoma State's defensive front handles a guy who's becoming a feature back. Yeah. Yeah, that will be uh, that will be critical, um, especially if they do do some things to get the ball to him in space with the passing game. That's something that uh, has hurt this uh, this OSU defense. You go back to Tech, uh, some, uh, some dump downs to running backs went for some big yardage at times. And... Uh, more than anything, it feels like forever ago since I wrote this, but first and second down are killing oh, the Oklahoma State defense right now. Uh, over 1,100 yards allowed the last two games, 44 yards allowed on third or fourth down plays, which is pretty ridiculous. Uh, but those big plays are coming early in uh, in series, and their teams are getting first down, uh, kind of getting on the first down train and uh, and just uh, and just rolling. It's it's strange because beginning of the year third down was their problem right and then they fixed it but when they fixed it they sprung a giant leak yeah elsewhere it, it's kind of like when i try to do plumbing work at my house and i, I, I think i can right. fix one of the problems and everything else goes wrong mm-hmm. um so i end up just calling a plumber they've got to figure out how to fix everything at once jim Knowles needs a plumber yes he needs a plumber yes a, a very good plumber yeah <laughs> uh the the game itself I'm trying to sort of wrap my head around exactly how important a game this is, um, because obviously, obviously, three losses in a row is is painful and it's and it's damaging. But you're also a, a ten point underdog at this point. You're you've got the the easiest part of your schedule coming up. And those are the games that you're probably going to have to count on to uh, to get bowl eligible anyway. With TCU, Kansas, West Virginia, three straight weeks—well, four straight weeks, three straight games—with a bye week in there, open week. 
I, I'm I'm really annoyed with myself that I that I I made the rule that we weren't going to call it a bye week anymore, and, you, and I keep doing it. You're the worst of, about I it. I really am. And it's really disappointing. Someone called it a bye week, and pre- was it Gundy who called it a bye week? Someone called Probably it a bye week. Something. Oh, everybody does it. It's and, a, uh, it's a, it's just my now, uh, my, now every my time. Own, all I think about is how we we've decided not to do that. Yeah, and then I screw it up every time I get a chance. So anyway, uh, but with those uh, those three games ahead. You know, bowl eligibility is still out there for this team. But it still really feels like they need a win here. It does. Um, I think uh, – I know you want – Gundy's not worried too much about the fans right? necessarily, but I think you want to get <laughs> something here yeah. going for not only the team but the fans. Um, also, I think at this point too, I mean – you're not totally out of it, I guess, necessarily mathematically. I, I, you know, I haven't done. I, 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 there, but it's still you. You want to have a chance that you somehow can make things interesting. Yeah. Late in the season, um, salvage this too, um, and and I think I think I've you know saw an interesting point. You might have made this this week, or maybe Barry Trammell did. It was you know Chuba and Tylen. Their NFL prospects are, are high. Mm-hmm. Um, years ago, when Rudolph came back, some of those guys came back. That was because they had a special season before. They thought they could do better. Yeah. At this point, you're losing hope of that. Right. Of wanting, if you want to retain these guys, you need to get some more wins and give them reason to want to come back to think they have a shot next year. But if they finish poorly, I don't see them coming back at all. Yeah. It it, it would be tough to convince. You know, with with the beating that both of those guys take mm-hmm. in different ways, obviously. Um, but Thailand constantly being double teamed. Chuba, you know, running the ball 30, 35 times a game to ask those guys, uh, expect those guys to come back and, and sign up for another year of that. Uh, you know, it's uh, there are going to have to be some other reasons involved, and uh, and that's going to be that's going to be the key to figuring things out. So that's uh, and that's going to start. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to address this here in the uh, in the mailbag segment. In in fact, and uh, we'll see, uh, you know, kind of uh, kind of some thoughts on what direction this could go from uh, from here, particularly if they lose again this week. So, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we will dive headfirst into the mailbag here on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. And as I said, a double dose of the mailbag. First segment, we'll get it fired up. Jacob, what do we got? All right. I uh, I kind of like reading some of these guys' Twitter handle names uh-huh, and stuff. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, first from Ruin Iowa State's HC, uh, from at Robert W underscore OK State. He wants to know, any chance OSU gets bowl eligible without beating at least two of Kansas, West Virginia, and TCU? The immediate answer, the easy answer seems like no. I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I obviously I picked Iowa State. No, uh, you know, that's been published at this point. There's no, no surprise there that I picked Iowa State to win this game. So, uh, no, I don't, uh, I do not see that happening myself. Yeah, because if they lose Iowa State, 
they're still at four wins. They need yep. if they don't beat two of those guys, do you count them beating OU? Right, exactly. And, and the way they're playing right now, you you really can't count on that. No. So uh, I I think I'm with you. No. Yeah. All right. Next question from Danny Acord at Danny Acord. When is Calvin Bundage coming back? I believe that would provide a major lift to our defense. Hashtag loyal and true. Uh, first, uh, let's do a little story time. Um, before we get into that question, we also had another question from Ryan. I like story time. Ryan via email uh, about the same topic. Um, so we'll get into uh, get into this. But uh, but Danny Acord, I don't even know if 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 Danny remembers this. So this will be uh, this will be fun to uh, to kind of go back. Uh, I first met Danny Acord in probably 2003, 2004, maybe 05. I don't remember exactly, but I know it was in that in that range because he was coaching softball at Davenport High School. Wow. And I was working at the Shawnee News Star. And he uh, I remember I remember it very vividly because they had a uh, a girl named Lily West who in the same day won the state golf championship for 2A and then there was uh, I don't remember the exact story but somebody affiliated with the with the program in some way uh, had a uh, a private plane flew her from I believe that it was it was at Hinton back when it was at Sugar Creek Canyon in Hinton for the 2A state championship flew her to Oklahoma City to uh, to uh, Hall of Fame Stadium to play in the championship game of uh, of the slow slow pitch softball state championship and won that she that's, won them both in the same day. That's dedication for slow pitch. That is, it absolutely is. But da- Davenport softball is a big deal in Davenport. It's true. That's so, true. I mean, they've got Eric Chavez's sister as as the coach yeah, right now. Yeah, exactly. You know? um, so uh, anyway, that was my Danny Acord story. Nice. Glad that Danny could uh, could chip in with a uh, with a question here. Danny's a friend of the program. Come on, Danny. Friend of the program. Um, to answer his question. I do not see Calvin Bunnage coming back in the near future. Um, perhaps he plays at some point before the end of the year uh, and still maintains his redshirt status by playing in fewer than four games. Uh, but I'm a little bit uh, I don't know I don't even know that I feel too strongly about that happening at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to lean towards we're not going to see him this year. Uh, yeah, just a hunch. Um, I have nothing telling me that that's true. Right. Um, I have no one in my ear saying that or anything. Um, you know, I know the hope has always been that he can get back um, and he wants to play, but uh, it's not happening. Uh, I don't think it's happening at least until there's four games left in the season, including right. the bowl game. Yeah. Um, I think at this point the red shirt is more likely than anything, even if he gets healthy. Right. Um, I think the idea is that they want him to come back next year as a red shirt. Yeah, they're not going to run him out next week and you know mm-hmm. burn the year for uh, for five games of this season. So, um, and in Ryan's email, he also asked if there was a possibility that Bundage was uh, was uh, protecting himself and hoping to uh, go to the NFL draft uh, after this season. I don't. I don't feel that way. No. Either um, I don't know that uh, you know missing missing your entire season. I don't know that he's got uh, the elite type of uh, of uh, of history right now that you would need to to be a guy that could 
go into the draft at this point and and uh, garner the attention that you need to to get uh, he's not a to get a, a, a payday. He's not a Bosa like at, uh, right. at Ohio exactly. State. You no. know, they can get hurt and sit out the rest of the year and still exactly. be a, a top ten draft yeah. pick. So I don't. Uh, I know that rumor is floated around around out there by some fans, but uh, I don't see any legitimacy to that right now. I, I think that. Uh, Bunnage would prefer to come back and uh, and have a, a good full season to prepare himself for for the next level, whatever that might be. Um, I'm going to sneak in a question from my oh hey all right that uh, was tweeted at me five days ago from Sean Saraki. I think it's how you say his name. I apologize, Sean, if I'm messing that up. At Dr. Now, you, now you see why I don't yeah. mess with with, with pronouncing yeah. all these names. Yeah, yeah. At Doctor Sean underscore WBHC, he asked. Uh, this came on Saturday, actually, after watching them lose to Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um, after watching the game today, I'm still wondering why we aren't seeing crossing patterns such as ones Baylor's ran, Baylor ran today. It seems middle of the field is off limits for Sanders. Also, why are we throwing 50-50 balls on third and eight on or any third down? The defense let us down today, too, after after the score. There's a lot of stuff in this pack, that is, in this question. That is, uh, that is packed. For uh, to get all of that in one uh, tweet is impressive. Uh, props to the good doctor, yeah. Doctor Sean, uh, for his work there. I am equally confounded by the lack of use of the middle of the field with the weapons that they've got there. Um, you know, and, and maybe if we went down and went game by game and, and broke it down. Uh, you know, uh, like pro football focus style, we would see that they're doing it more than than we realize. But it doesn't feel like they use the middle of the field all that much. Um, you know, slants, crossing routes, um, stuff to the to the cowboy backs and the and the slot receivers in the middle of the field. So uh, I am uh, I am equally surprised that they haven't made that area of the field more of a weapon because it feels like when you've got one safety drifting over to Tylen Wallace's side of the field and you've got as much focus on the run game as Chuba requires, it seems like the middle of the field should be fairly open. I we've we've talked about this yeah with each other in the in the press box whatever it seems like you're right. It, it, it's got to be an area that they look at. I mean, you've got McCray on the outside obviously too. They started going to him more last yeah. week. That helped. Um, but then you've got these guys like Landon Wolf and Dylan Stoner that can go in the middle, make some plays, sit there, find a spot, and you hit them and you gain yards. And, and I think maybe that answers his 50-50 question yeah. on third downs too. If you have something like that, it takes some pressure trying to throw a jump ball or right. or whatever you know whatever um, that is a little more risky. If you find a guy that can do that and get in the middle, a uh, Jelani Woods. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jelani Woods is such a big target. You put him in the middle of the field. How do you miss him? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, there's, there's, although Spencer has done it at least once true. that I can think of. He has he has overthrown Jelani. Um, I wasn't sure it was possible, but he he yes. accomplished it. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, you know if you're not scrambling right there, you mean it's just I mean I don't know, even even bringing an LD over the middle. Yeah, you yeah. know uh, something like you know a running back coming out there and just popping out on the other side of the line. It's something. Yeah. Um, just to kind of take some pressure off the outside would be good. Yeah. Uh, on the uh, the just a quick response to the 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 fifty fifty ball. Here's I have I have differing thoughts that that, that weigh me on uh, different ways on this. In a in a jump ball situation, a 50-50 ball situation, I'm going to take Tylen Wallace over just about any That's defensive true. back in the Big 12. That said, Spencer Sanders does not look incredibly comfortable throwing 
a jump ball type pass. The fade routes, the uh, the 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 soft touch passes to the uh, to the outside that require a little bit of a uh, little bit of height along with some depth. He doesn't. That doesn't look natural for him. Um, you know, he's got a rocket arm, and and sometimes those guys, uh, the uh, the softer passes can be a little bit tricky for them. So I don't know if uh, I don't know how comfortable he is with that throw. They broke it out a lot last week to uh, to try to exploit some of the one on one coverage, um, and it uh, he threw he threw some really nice ones at times, and he obviously had the one really bad underthrow for the pick, and then he had the uh, uh, you know the misfire to Wallace there late, but. Um, you know the the idea in general doesn't bother me, but the fact that that Sanders struggles with those throws makes me a little bit uh, a little bit curious. All right, you want time for one more before we? Yeah, take let's a get break? one more before break. This is a good one to end on in this segment. When does this is from Bob Branscom at, at Relevant Bob? When does Coach Gundy's seat start getting warm? This team seems unmotivated. I love Gundy, but something needs to change. Uh. Two, two, two topics there. Um, when does his seat start getting warm? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see how the rest of the season goes. If they, uh, if they, if they tank from here on out and yeah. look really bad, you know, maybe, uh, maybe there's some sort of heat there. Um, you know, if they, if they go seven and six, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, no. You know, or or even seven and five in the regular season and go to a bowl game, I don't necessarily if, see that becoming. If they somehow an issue. don't make a bowl game, I think there's a lot of problems. Then that will be uh, that will be concerning. I would say from uh, from this point forward, um, the uh, was it un- uninspired? Was that the word he used? Uh, unmotivated? unmotivated. I don't I don't see that. No, I, I see I see inconsistency. I don't see a lack of motivation. Um, there was there was the one play that Gundy talked about that was the uh, the seventy three yard run by Jermichael Hasty last week, where they uh, they definitely seemed like they were out of it. But other than that, I don't I don't see a team that's not motivated. I see a team that just is inconsistent and um, you know makes uh, makes too many mistakes. So I don't I don't I don't see the uh, lack of motivation. All right, all right. Take a quick break. Come right back and finish up this mondo mailbag segment here on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Back to the mailbag. And, Jacob, what do we have next? All right, now our next question is from Daryl at NDNOK. He wants to know, Gundy has been a, quote, one-shot, unquote, QB coach. He hasn't pulled a QB to get his attention. When he has jerked a a QB barring injury, it has been permanent. Will Gundy be any different with Sanders when – if he pulls Sanders, would all be over for Spencer at the quarterback spot? Um, I'll, I'll address that part of the question first and my thoughts on that. Yeah, if he was to bench him, no, I don't think that it would be over for him uh, for the simple fact that, I mean, his backup is a senior. Yeah. And unless Spencer transferred, he would be right back at the top of the list to be next year's quarterback. Uh, even with 
Brendan Costello having been on campus since January and Shane Illingworth coming in, uh, at least his plan to come in next January. Um, Sanders is still your, your favorite to take the job from there. Um, before I before I go on, your 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 thoughts on 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 that idea? I yeah I I I mean I think the reason part of the reason he was chosen early in the early in the year as a starter was to look at the future. Yeah, I think you you know you're going to ride out the growing pains with him, and so I think at this point even if you even if he did lose the spot, uh, he's he's going to be the favorite to regain it. I mean, he's he's talented, um, he's driven. He's he's smart. He's he's got all the all the stuff that Gundy wants in a quarterback. He's just inconsistent right now. Yeah, and and he's uh, he's young. Even if he doesn't like being told that, and <laughs> and he's learning. Um, to uh, to address the issue overall, I think you've reached the point in the season now where you're you're making too big a sacrifice to bench him. Mm-hmm. Because you need him to play through these growing pains. You bench him now, and Drew Brown goes out. And, and let's, uh, let's say Drew Brown comes out. They, they bench him Saturday. Drew Brown comes out, saves the day. They beat Iowa State. They win the next three. Uh, you know, I'm, I won't, I'm not automatically going to give Drew Brown a bedlam win. But let's say they win, they win four more games. And, uh, and then, where are, then where are you at that point? Then you're, you've still got Sanders having missed out on opportunities for, for growth and development, and your starting quarterback now is gone. So I just I don't uh, I, I think the sacrifice is, is too much at this point. Uh, I think you're going to come out better on the other side if you go ahead and, and stick with uh, with what's going on. Now, if it becomes an issue like Gundy was saying on Monday, where Sanders isn't learning from his mistakes and isn't seeing them or recognizing them and uh, and is unaware of them then you've got a, a, a real issue that's uh that's that's more deeper rooted than some growing pains and that's a that's a whole different story i agree i i, I completely get it here um all right next question from uh jeff again jeff jeff Stolzing. all right uh at jeff underscore 2102 if the Cowboys lose Saturday, and this is a really interesting question, if the Cowboys lose Saturday, do you think there's a chance Chuba Hubbard and Tylen Wallace will call it a season and start getting ready for the draft? I say no to both. Based on my um, my impressions of them as people. Just their character. They don't necessarily seem like the type of guys who are going to walk away from their team that's the that's yeah. just that's just no, my, I, that's my feeling i agree um they're they're, they're two leaders on this team and I, yeah. and I think um they they take that to heart and they're not gonna just give up on it and um and chuba i, I know i've talked to chuba more than Thailand at this point but uh chuba's kind of that motivator for a lot of guys too yeah. and i think that would be a crushing blow for for OSU, um, and I think he realizes that. And and I don't think he's made up his mind about his future yet, either. Anyways, right? To be honest, I don't know that Thailand has either. It's no. so early up for the for that right now. Yeah. I I think there's I think they're gonna play out the season. Um, they're gonna they're gonna they're and, gonna put in their uh, put in for their draft grade, see what the scouts actually say about them, and then weigh it from there. I yeah. think. 
yeah, it, and they're not going to give up on this season. Um, yeah. You did you did bring up the key word uh, injury. Yeah. That that can change a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we saw that with Justice Hill last year. Um, you know the injury um, there that it happened before Bedlam, but Bedlam ended up being his last game when he re-injured that hip. He wanted to get healthy, and it was uh, and it was probably the right decision for him when you saw what he. Uh, you know, he was able to get mostly healthy and go run a four-four at the combine and uh, make himself some money. So, you know, an injury can uh, can can change a lot of things. So, we'll see uh, we'll see how it plays out. But just deciding to step away, I don't I don't see that. No, at, at this point for for either of those guys. No, nope. that's all of our questions, Scott. That was a lot. That was a lot in the mailbag. Great bag. job, we, everybody. We appreciate all of the contributions to the mailbag from uh from the good folks who are listening to the cowboy chronicles podcast every week we uh we appreciate all of you greatly we had we had some questions coming in before we had to go out and say hey send us questions for uh for for the cowboy chronicles mailbag that is a huge help so we appreciate that greatly uh last thing jacob prediction time we've already sort of hinted at at it on both sides we we i picked iowa state uh 35 31 of the paper um I, it's just hard to trust Oklahoma State right now, especially on the road. Um, but if Spencer plays really well, if he doesn't turn the ball over uh, in in crucial situations, I'm not going to say he has to be perfect and not turn the ball over. But if he if he can avoid the back breaking turnovers that lead to touchdowns and and crucial moments, um, Oklahoma State could could pull the upset. Yeah. I agree. I think they keep it close enough that they're going to be in this thing at the end, and it's going to come down to uh, you know a big play here or there, uh, a, a big turnover here or there that's, that's going to swing this thing, and we'll see which side they uh, they end up on. But I'm I'm with you. Uh, if I was in Vegas, I'd be betting on Oklahoma State and give me the uh, the ten ten and a half points, whatever it's up to at this point. Yeah, that's a little high. I would uh, I would take that for sure, but. Uh, but straight up, I think Iowa State wins this thing. Thirty-eight, yeah. uh, thirty-five was my prediction in the paper. So, um, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's where this one comes down. All right, Jacob, I think that's going to wrap up another edition of the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today, or visit or order online at zaxby's.com. <laughs>